What's up, everybody? Dan O'Neill here, the team leader of the O'Neill team at Signature Premier Properties, and welcome back to the Dan O'Neill Show, sponsored exclusively by Coca Interactive. Today is episode three, and on today's episode, we have one of Long Island's leading home flippers and investors, my close friend and older brother to me, Jeremiah Dalton from Suffolk County House Buyers. How you doing, my friend? Thanks, pal. I appreciate the introduction. I didn't know you felt that way about me, but <laughs> it's nice to know. You don't really open up or share things with me too much. So it's I, nice I'm not to a know. Uh, I'm not an emotional guy. No, I don't really share my feelings very much. But of course, I, I do appreciate everything that you do for me and the team. Um, I appreciate all of the banter that we have. As much as you bust my chops, I, I do enjoy working with you very much. So um, yes, today is episode three. Uh, this is the first episode after the new year. Super Should have been the first episode to start the whole show. But, <laughs> well, know. everyone keeps saying that, but in my defense, like, I tried to do the podcast whatever two years ago, and I had you on, I had Charles on, I had everyone on, and, and I'm kind of doing the same people, but how much has changed since we last tried to do the show is, oh, yeah. is incredible. I know. So now it's totally different perspectives. We're in a totally different studio. Like, this is... As, as good as it's going to yeah, get. Yeah, this is legit versus, yeah. you know, the side room at Coldwell Banker, <laughs> you know? So we, we have a lot much more uh, production value. We have a lot much more uh, sales under our belt, and we have a lot more education that we can definitely share. So I'm super excited to have you here. Um, I guess getting right into it, I'm going to share the story of how we started working together. So for those that don't know, my name is Dan O'Neill, 26 years old. I'm the team leader of the O'Neill team at Signature Premier Properties. I'm going to say that we're Long Island's number one team. I don't know if that's an objective fact, but to me it is, so I'm going to say it anyway. And uh, so we work with Jeremiah very closely as an investor, and we handle half of uh, the acquisitions for him. So what that means, for those that do not know, is Jeremiah has a business plan and a setup that is honestly genius, and he's looking at me like he doesn't want me to share this. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, so, I wouldn't call it genius. I, I, I would. I mean, the way that you have it structured is, is very, very smart, so... The way that he has it set up is myself and Zach of Team Sure. we handle his acquisitions. So we go on the appointments for him. We run numbers. We run ARVs. We are the ones that are in the trenches, so to speak. And Jeremiah is kind of the, you know, the puppet master in, in a sense. And it's for lack of a better term. Right, right. So, and it's smart and it is genius because you don't have to be going on all these appointments. You don't have to be doing everything and negotiating face-to-face, -face, it gives you the time and the energy to focus on other things like your family, like other business ventures, like a ha your house or, you know, however you want to spend your time. So it, in my opinion, it is genius. So Zach and I both run his acquisitions. We are the ones going on appointments. And the way that we met is a funny story. So when I had first got my license, I was on Zach's team. And um, we were just going back and forth on Facebook, you know, typical networking and messaging back and forth. And Jeremiah messages me, and this is a really good story for somebody that's just getting their license or, or just getting into it. Jeremiah messages me after, you know, just networking on Facebook and says, Hey, I have a listing that's kind of sitting. It's a little bit stale. You know, is there uh, if you have anyone, I see that you're crushing it. I wasn't really crushing it yet. Uh, if you have anyone, you know, please let me know. And he sends me the address. So of course I already know who Jeremiah is. I want his business. Like I want to get in any way I can, but in my head, I'm like to you, I'm like, yeah, I have, you know, tons of buyers. Like I'll, I'll run it by them and yeah, we'll, we'll sell it. I didn't have anyone interested. I hadn't even have any buyers really at that time, except for maybe one or two. So long story short, this random address that he sends me, the next day, the one or two buyers that I was working with winds up sending it to me. So I'm like, holy crap, like this is going to work out perfectly. Long, long story short, they wound up buying the house and yeah. we kind of like ran the deal ourselves. So it was really just being at the right place at the right time and just really getting lucky in a yeah. sense. And, uh, and now, I mean, 150, 200 deals, whatever it is later, um, everything worked out and everything happened for a reason. Did you, did you know that? That it was just luck? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I definitely felt um, 
there were people you could bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think that intuition that obviously paid off. As far as, um, you know, what, you know, did I think that, you know, it was going to happen? Did I really think it was going to happen? No, mm. probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I also felt like, hey, you know, it was it was an opportunity to network to open it up. Um, and it's funny because that same house right now mm-hmm. in that condition, you know, that I mean, we're talking about that would fly. Right yeah. Now, they right? I, I wound up going to their wedding. They messaged me recently just asking what the value of that house is now. Yeah. Like they're looking they're not looking to sell, but they just wanted to know. Yeah. So it's crazy how much has changed in a year and a half, yeah. two years, like yeah. value wise. Value wise. It actually has been because I know I listed that house. My son is turning two next month and I listed mm-hmm. it right when he was born so it's it's been two years um but at the time you know uh it was a strong market we've had a strong market for the last let's say five years yeah it's been strong but each year just keeps getting better and better you know at some point or another it it tailors it tapers off um but yeah i mean it was one of those things i think for people who are out there who are watching this don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to people. Don't be afraid to, you know, broaden your horizons. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a lot of op- times, you know, I was working with different people. Um, but, you know, I was also searching for the right fit. I mm. was searching for people that wanted to go at the same level, the same pace, in the same direction that I wanted to go. So yeah. I think it goes to, it's a testament to what you were doing on social media, showing, mm-hmm. even if you were showing, you were displaying more than was actually... Yeah. You know, happening at the yeah. end of the day, it inspires people to they're drawn to you. Yeah, they're drawn. That's why I mean, on social media, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the most dynamic person in mm-hmm. front of the camera, but I try to showcase what it is that I'm doing yeah. um, as real as I can so that, you know, it offers me opera, other opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, people bring houses to my attention. They bring deals. Um, yeah. You network. You just never know where things are going to go. Well, so just to back everything up, so how did you get started in in the business? Um, I know the background story, but what made you go from what you were doing previously to getting into investing and flipping and then bringing you to where you're at today? Well, I always wanted to do this. So, you know, when certain people say, like, I'm living my dream, I'm living my dream. Mm -hmm. Um, And this goes back. I mean, if you ask my wife, we met 13 years ago. Um, We started dating. And right as soon as we met, like I had told her, like, you know, I'm here in law school because, you know, I don't want to disappoint my parents. But, um, you know, in reality, it's not really where my heart is. And I guess in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, well, I'll go get a job and, you know, work my way up the corporate ladder. Um, and I'm sure that'll be fine. I'll, I'll be happy with that. And I've just found out very quickly, especially if the economy tanked right when we were in the middle of law school and then we came out and there was a big recession going on and I wound up having to do things that weren't even legal related just to put food on the table Mm -hmm. and then wound up settling into a role that I thought, okay, this could be a future for me and very quickly realizing like it's all the same. How how old were you? Like when when you first decided that you continue, but how how old were you when you were in law school and you decided like, okay, now I'm finally going to make the jump? Like were you in your 30s or... Oh, um, so, I mean, I was working as an attorney. I was working uh, for a labor union and was not really doing anything remotely related to what I had gone to school for, even though I had the potential and the capabilities to really help this organization. They just, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, were too ignorant, um, really, to to see the bigger picture. Um, And I think if I look back, um, if there's any one skill that I have, one talent, it's always being able to see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard for me because I had spent all this money on law school. I'd gone through the time and I kind of eased the pain by saying, well, I met my wife there and there's a lot of good lessons, a lot of 
you know, skills that I acquired during that time. But big picture, mm-hmm. this is not what I want to do. I need to kind of do a, a complete change. Now, at the time, we were settled into the same house that we live in now. Nice area. We lived, you know, a comfortable lifestyle. Nothing crazy, but a comfortable yeah. lifestyle. We had children. I knew I wanted more for them. Mm-hmm. I wanted more for them. I also wanted to be able to show them more. Um, I wanted them. I, it, for me, I was doing them a great disservice by working at a place that I hated simply to pay the bills and not living the life that I wanted to live. And that ate at me every day. Yep. So about, you know, at this point, six years ago, I made the commitment to say, all right, you've always wanted to fix and flip homes. Start fixing and flipping homes. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Um, and for a while, I think I posted about this yesterday. So many people, they sit on the sidelines. You know, what could I do better? They're unhappy with their life. They're unhappy with who they are. But you have to take, you have to take action. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a while before I did my first deal. It was mm-hmm. a while. It was like a year and a half just kind of oh, figuring wow. out, trying to, you know. How, how old were you at that time? At the time, I was just under 30. Okay. All right. And uh, so it took a while. And, but I, you know, I did my first deal. And, I, and that's the best advice that I could give people is you just, if you do that one deal, everything starts to get easier. Yeah. The first deal was the most nerve wracking, the hardest. I spent the most time on it. I made some money, but I've made a hell of a lot more money for a lot less time now because yeah. you just get better. I think the last time that we, we did this a year and a half ago, you actually said that you were almost in the red for, for like a year, right? Almost two years. Wow. Well, and that was because I had some good projects, some bad projects. Yeah. I experimented with investing out of state, mm-hmm. which was not a smart idea. Yeah. Um, and coupled with taking money and putting it back in, realizing, okay, like I have to go in a different direction. Everyone's buying foreclosures. Everyone's buying bank-owned properties. Like, mm-hmm. I have to offer something different, which certainly people around Long Island already did. Yeah. Maybe I could just do it a little bit differently. Maybe I could provide a more personal touch. Um, and that's gone a long way. Yeah. And um, I try to, you know, just appear as real and as human as I can to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always said I'm not perfect. I've got a lot of flaws, but um, I think people know that I'm pretty straight up with them. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting, too, is how you built out, like I said earlier, this this system that is clearly working. And yes, there is a lot of people on the island that are doing the same marketing, that are doing you know similar mm-hmm. things in terms of trying to generate the leads. But I don't really think that there is uh, anybody doing it the way that we are in the sense of Zach and I going on the appointments. Sure. You're overseeing everything. and Well, you have to understand, too. I mean, in a lot of other markets, they can walk up to a seller. They come to an agreement. They stick a one-page contract in front of them. They sign it. It's a legally binding contract, yeah. sometimes with no money down. I've seen in many That's parts crazy. of the country, like, you don't even need consideration. Some people put a dollar down just, you know, to satisfy the consideration yeah. requirement. It's a different scenario. So in my case... I realized, one, I didn't grow up in Long Island. Mm -hmm. Two, I started this system, you know, before I even met you guys, I had started at a necessity. You know, like I said, I had to build my business while working another job. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't go on all these appointments. I didn't know the areas. I didn't know, you know, the good part to this area, the bad part to this area. I mean, like, we look at, like, an area like Setauket, which is a beautiful area. But Mm -hmm. then there's certain parts of Setauket that, for whatever reason, just get more money. You know what I mean? And my, my mom's house, for prime example, is, and I tell us, I use this example at the time to the team when I'm going over comps and, and in areas. My mother's house in Setauket is probably worth maybe like three fifty, but two blocks over that same house or three blocks over, it's probably a five hundred thousand yeah. dollar house. So, so it, there are elements that I didn't know, and I knew that I wasn't aware of. I was humble enough to accept it, like I didn't yeah. know that part. So I, you know, this system I had in place with other realtors 
and it worked to the extent that it was able to get me out of the job that I was in. Mm-hmm. But um, as you grow, you know, you want to have people that want to grow with you. Um, it takes a lot of time, uh, dedication, and just sheer intensity. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, when we met, I knew that we were aligned on the same page. I knew of Zach. I had met Zach before. And so mm-hmm. I, I knew we were all really driven. Um, we yeah. weren't lazy. We were focused. And, uh, you know, that, those are the people that I continually choose to align myself with. So if somebody's watching right now that is, you know, in their late 20s, early 20s, and they want to get into investing, they want to start flipping, what would be like the one piece of advice that you would give to them like to get out there and do it? Like something that they could take and, and implement Well, you have to bring something to the table, right? So you can't just go to an agent and say, find me houses to flip. Oh, yeah. The amount of people that do that is... You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I can, listen, I can do that now. Mm-hmm. I can go to agents and say, hey, if you have off-market deals, help me find something. But I've got a portfolio, you know, yeah. over 100 houses long that I could say, this is what I do. This is my business. And then they say, all right, this is an opportunity to work with this guy. Mm-hmm. Let me bring this to his attention, you know? Um, so I think what you have to do is, listen, nobody knew me, you know, from a hole in the wall. What happened was, was that I was generating my own leads. So I always say the first thing you have to do is you have to understand that this is a marketing business. All right. Right. So you're, yeah, I mean, if you have some cash, you know, and the foreclosures open up, could you find a house to get yourself, get your feet wet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely do that. Um, In so far as, you know, maybe this a long-term sustainable business, what you have to really do is you have to spend your time marketing. You have to find sellers who are looking um, for a fair price for their home, but with no strings attached. Okay, mm-hmm. right now it's a great market, okay, but it comes with its own, you know, trials and tribulations. Right. If you can go to someone, if you truly have the money lined up, okay, I always say find the deal first, mm-hmm. and then you'll definitely be able to, to come up with the money, because deals right. these days are few and far between. The money's always out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Focus on marketing. Focus on reaching sellers who need a solution, who want to work with you. Sell yourself first, okay? Make sure that you listen to their problems. You know this as well as anyone. It's not always about the bottom line. We've sometimes have not been, many times actually, not the highest offer. So someone listening right now might just say, why why would somebody go with a lower cash offer as opposed to putting their house up on the market? Can you go over some of the motivations for for a cash offer, basically? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I think one condition of home, you know, they don't, they're embarrassed by it. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think ease of transaction. Okay. And let's not forget, I mean, right now in this pandemic, people don't want anybody in their house. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of calls from, you know, elderly people who are comfortable with the idea of just having one person come in, spend 10 minutes, leave, and then nobody ever comes back in again. Yeah. And the next time you see anybody's at the closing table. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there is really a lot of benefit right now, especially when people are afraid of, you know, getting sick. Um, but you have to understand, too, like, especially, and we rely on this with our reputation a lot this is an emotional attachment to people these homes like some people are ashamed of how this house has turned out but then they feel comfortable putting this house in your hands to make it the best it could be again that's worth a lot to somebody yeah okay um so the fact that we're professional rehabbers and we do it really well we're not perfect we make mistakes but the fact that we do it really well Mm -hmm. um is really appealing to people um but again you know you know this as well as i do every house that we list 
has its own challenges. No matter how perfect the home is, yeah. no matter how high in demand it is, especially now with the way everything is backed up, yeah. everything takes time <laughs> and everything falls through the cracks and people are lying and people are misrepresenting themselves and lenders aren't getting back to you and title policies and companies are backed up. And so it's a cumbersome market. It's a hot market, but it's a cumbersome market. Yeah. And for a lot of people, there's value in being able to say, I go to this person, one person only, we pull title, as soon as mm. title's clear, we close. And a lot of people are willing to take that that lower offer just to kind of be, you know, wash their hands clean and just be done with it and move on and and not have to deal with the uncertainty of the mortgage process, of financing, of an appraisal, of the million different things that can go wrong within a deal. So if you're watching and you know somebody that is where you see a house even that's maybe even in distress and you just go there and you leave something in the mailbox or you you know you leave something on the on the front doorstep. People are looking for that cash offer more so, I think, now than, than really ever. And especially because people have equity, too. Sure. There's a lot of times we go on these appointments where we're like, ah, oh, these numbers don't make any sense because they, there's no way. But then you realize, wow, these people actually, they've owned the house for 10, 20, 30 yeah. years. They have a lot of equity. This could make sense. Yeah. So it's, uh, I guess there's a multitude of things. But so you're, you're saying that the, it's marketing, really, it's, is, is the first thing. The first thing is marketing, getting yourself out there in front of sellers, finding the deal. Okay. Yeah. Now, like I said, if you can get lucky, if you have an agent that brings you something before it's not listed, take it. Yeah. But you have to do that first deal. Once you do that first deal, I mean, like I said, you know, this took years for me to turn into an actual business that I can support and sustain myself on. Yeah. Once you take that first deal and hopefully you do well with it, no matter what, I mean, even if you don't make any money, the experience that you're going to get from it. Um, is going to be worth more than any course that's out there, oh, yeah. any book, anything like that. Mm -hmm. The experience of actually doing it will make all the difference in the world. Then, if you're lucky enough to make money, take that money and reinvest it, okay? Whether that's more mailers, whether that's texting, whether that's door yeah. knocking, whether it's hiring somebody to door knock. I mean, I leveraged, you know, the benefit was that as I started to make money, I was still at my job. I didn't have to use that money to live. Yeah. I took that money and reinvested it in different things. And that allowed me to grow tenfold because I was fortunate enough to be able to still work and conduct the business at the same time. Yeah. How important is it to you, in your opinion, to bring on the right help? This is something that I'm definitely struggling with right now is like I need an, an executive assistant. I need another transaction coordinator. I, I need a lot more help for what I'm doing. And you... Like, I'll give it to you. You have just like an, an eye for talent in a sense of like Connie, who is your you mm -hmm. know executive assistant, transaction, whatever you want to call it, is phenomenal. And then you you had the the wherewithal or the, the vision to bring on Zach and I, like right when everything was starting to heat up. So you clearly have a, a really good eye for talent. I, and no, selecting, I, you know. Listen, I'm not talented, but I know talent. You know <laughs> what I mean? And that's the truth. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, I think don't be afraid to overpay for that talent mm -hmm. um, because – the amount of money that person will make you mm -hmm. uh, will be so much more than what you're paying them. It's an investment. It's not a cost. It's an investment. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, even so, I mean, I struggle with this too. You know, trying to find Connie was started off as an executive assistant, moved into the sales role, mm -hmm. um, and is still doing a lot of executive assistant work. And now we're at a point where it's like, okay, like now we got to regroup and start over again yeah. and transition her completely out of that role and focus on sales only. Yeah. Um, so over time, now I'm starting the process all over again and saying to myself, well, you know, who do I bring in? Where do I find that person? Um, I think referrals are extremely important. I think if there's somebody that you know 
um, somebody that's been referred to you, somebody that um, you've had a prior relationship with, yeah. um, whether it be business or personal, um, but you know that they can get that, that job done, take it. Yeah, but what, so like people say this to me all the time, it's like, oh, you should, you know, hiring is friends, family or referral or somebody that you know, but it's always so like, in my opinion, it's uncomfortable because then if they don't pan out, then it just... I think you have to set the expectations from the beginning. Okay. And you, you, you have to just say, hey, you know, we're going to start this. Um, understand that like, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a trial run here. Yeah. And we're going to see where this goes. You may not like me. I may not like you. <laughs> and listen, I tell people this all the time. Like, you've got to deal with me dealing, throwing 20 different things at you. And I'm throwing the 21st thing before I finish the sentence on the 20th. You know what I mean? Like, that's true. And that's how it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you can deal with that, that's great. Mm-hmm. You may not. Um, but I think for, there's, listen, there's still right now. I mean, the crazy thing about this market is there's certain industries that are on fire. Right. As our industry is, there's certain industries that are completely in the toilet. Mm-hmm. There's great talent in all industries. So yep. I think there's opportunity for people who are in some of those other sectors that aren't doing well. Mm-hmm. I think there's opportunity to bring them over and transition them. Um, I think you always have to be having the conversation, whether you, I mean, it's hard to go into stores these days, but if you do, you know, always telling people what you do, always telling people what you're looking for. You know, I had a conversation, I'm going to be starting a podcast of my own. Nice. And there's a company, nice. There's a company that's been helping me kind of set it up. And the guy who sort of runs it, I was talking to him about the need for someone. He goes, well, listen, man, I know a lot of really good people that are out of work. Yeah. If you need somebody, like, let me know. You know what I mean? It's constantly, you, you basically have to broadcast your feelings all the time to everyone mm-hmm. you talk to. It's again, it's, it's an informal way of networking. <laughs> But it hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I just need an assistant. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. But you know what? You at Best Buy. How you doing? I'm running around like a crazy person, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm in real estate. Oh, really? You're in real estate? Oh, that's yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, we sold this home, this home, but I'm so bogged down, man. I'm so bogged down. Like, I yeah. need like an assistant to help me out. Well, it's funny. You know, my, my sister was an assistant for so-and-so. Yeah, just, right. You know what I mean? That's a good and point. And just lost her job because of, you know, layoffs or furloughs. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Give me your number. That's very smart. You know what I mean? So, but you have to be willing to kind of, you know, I know you joked about this in the beginning that like you don't like to share your feelings. Yeah. You kind of have to wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit to people because mm-hmm. then people people innately want to help. Yeah, no, I understand they, what you're saying. You know what I mean? And if you do that, then you'll be in a situation where people will be like, well, try this or try this or I know this person. You yeah. know what I mean? So you're always marketing even if it's in an informal way. My, my biggest fear is just, and I, I had it happen already where somebody that I knew referred me somebody and it didn't work out and like I just felt so guilty about it and I felt awful that, you know, I wasted their time potentially, but, you know, I got to get over that fear and just and just do it because I definitely, I definitely need help. And, and the thing is, and I do this too, I mean, I've had to lately pick up some of the administrative slack as well because of, you know, things that are going on and realizing, like, all right, it's only temporary, but I know I can't be bogged down doing this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and there's a whole element to the business. You know, me driving around all day, it's fun. It used to be fun. Mm-hmm. But eventually, as you grow, you realize you're not going to scale by going around visiting projects. You know what yeah. I mean? And I've taken pride in putting a good product out on the table um, and being there as little as possible. You know what I mean? We've just brought on, you know, full, um, you know full-time in-house contractor to kind of handle all the loose ends on projects. Um, yep. So, and that's really important. Um, you know, obviously we've brought in, we have people that are overseas, you know, taking care of the back end stuff with our leads to make sure they know because yeah. they pester you all the time, <laughs> follow up here, follow up here. Yeah. You know, but again, it, it's like tightening, 
you know, a lot of those loose ends. And it can be done by people who really enjoy that kind of work. Yeah. So as your, your wife, a real estate attorney, beeps in right now, oh, okay. um, we are going to segue into work-life balance. Okay. That's a, that's a perfect uh, transition. What does she have right to there. say? Is she making fun of me? <laughs> she said she's I looked pro- handsome today. She's probably, <laughs> that's okay. You know? no, just teasing. Um, it's um, probably one of our uh, nightmare deals we got going on. Um, but segueing into that, so you've now, you know, you left your, your previous job, you started this career, this, this new business, this new venture for yourself. How is your, I mean, you have three, three little ones running around. You have your wife, her business is absolutely booming. How are, how are you managing anything right now? Like how are you, how do you have any work-life balance? Well, I think balance is an illusion, right? So there's work-life incorporation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to incorporate my children into my daily business to the extent that I can. Yeah. Um, again, you know, we are fortunate to have help, full-time help to help with the kids. Um, but again, I see a lot of people, um, they're like, well, I'm with my kids and I won't answer my phone. Now, I kind of, I take a different approach, which is you're there for your kids, but, you know, you structure in the, in your business in such a way that, you know, people are bringing you information that can be solved with a simple text message. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, I'm not afraid, to, like, if I'm with my kids, to pull out my phone, look at something, and say, type it and put it real, put it back. Yeah. I put, maybe some, somebody out there might be watching, but I don't think I'm going to disrupt my children's, you know, upbringing, um, their development by doing that. Again, but I've managed to niche it down where, hey, if this is something that needs to be brought to my attention, bring it to me with a text, you know yeah. what I mean? Simple statement, let me know. Otherwise, I give people the leeway and the wherewithal to handle things on their own, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the stuff that they have to bring with, listen, if something's really serious and they answer the phone, a lot of times I don't answer the phone and I tell them, I'm not going to answer the phone, but if it's really serious, text me. Yeah. And I'll call you. And so I set I set limitations on okay. people, but I also know that they have the wherewithal to say, hey, you know what? I really need your attention here. And sometimes you have to do that. So it's a work-life incorporation that I put in. You see, I take my kids to my flips. Yeah. I incorporate them into videos that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I show, you know, to me, the most important part of what it is that I do is I love what I do and I want to show my kids yeah. that I'm living a life that I always wanted to live. It's mm-hmm. not perfect. It's got its ups and downs. And what better way to do that than to just actually incorporate them into it. Yeah, and bring them. Bring them along with you. And bring them. Now, obviously, in the current climate, you know what I mean? I have yeah. to be strategic about the homes that I bring them to. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm not going to bring, you know, a five-year-old, up to four, <laughs> a four-year-old and a two-year-old, yeah. you know, to a uh, you know, construction site where, you know, there's sheetrock dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you pick your moments. And yeah. I structure my, what I'm doing related to the business around them. And we, and we incorporate it together. Well, what is your favorite thing about the business that you'd say? The favorite thing about the business, there's a lot of different things, but I would say helping sellers Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, Realizing that like no one I think has ever at the end of a transaction sold to us and regretted it. Yeah. So I take a lot of pride in that. Um, I still love the renovation aspect of it. you know, there are certain houses you can only do so much with, yeah, you know course. what I mean? But then there are houses that like, you know, you really could have a lot of fun. And that creative side, I still like to do. That's more of like a hobby, you know, yeah. um, as far as and I think really the biggest thing above all of it is just the dynamic with the people. 
You know what I mean? And there's an, ex- listen, there's an excitement, you know, when, you know, you sell a house for above asking. There's an excitement when you get 10 offers on a property. Yeah. That stuff never really gets old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and listen, our company, our business has segued in such a way that, like, we're not just helping sellers. Like, I'm helping so many people who have money aside, you know, earn a great retirement. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's people who have put lots of money somewhere upwards of millions with me and wow. they're able to live off that money. Yeah. And it's completely passive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've built relationships with those people. Um, you know, we've helped grow my wife's business, helped grow your business, Zach's yeah. business. You know what I mean? So you watch the growth. And I think that was really the biggest thing for me was being in a place where there was no growth, where they didn't care if you they didn't care if you lived or died at my last job. Yes. You know what I mean? I could be laying on that floor over there and they'd walk right over you. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. I believe it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's that that was the kind of culture that was created there. Mm-hmm. Whereas here everybody's excited about growth. Like, you know what I mean? When you hit a certain amount of transactions, when you get a certain award or same thing right. goes for Zach. You know, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When Connie hits her goals for the month and, you know, earns a certain amount of money and bonuses yeah. and commissions, I'm excited right. to see that happen. So I love my own, I love seeing my own growth. But I also love seeing the growth of people around me. Yeah, that's a really good answer. That's why you're, you're such a good leader. And that's why we would all probably run through a brick wall for you. So there's one right there. If you want, <laughs> if, you know, I'm right there. So if you want to test that out, I'll, I'd like, I, I, that'd, be, that'd make for a good video. Yeah, that would. Maybe uh, we'll do a Kool Aid Man video yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what is your least favorite thing about the business? I, I think I already know the answer, but it's people's laziness. Okay, it's because unfortunately you're watching, you're experiencing a lot of growth with people, but this business um, touches so many different areas, mm-hmm. and you have you know people that are just lazy, incompetent, yep. rude, arrogant, all of the above. Yeah, um, and it leads. It, it's hard. You know, this business isn't really that hard. Unfortunately, there's people inside of it that make it hard. And yep. that's what gives the business the bad name. And that could Agreed. be attorneys, that could be inspectors, that could be other agents, that could be other title companies, mm-hmm. difficult buyers, you know what I mean? Um, yep. I think, and I try to be, as a seller, be as flexible as I can be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I, you know, our homes are good, but... I'll be the first to admit, like, nothing's perfect. Yeah. And I try to, I want to leave as good of a product for them as possible. Um, but then you come across, you know, the buyers, and we know all them, we know them all too well, that they just want to try to take you for everything you have. Yeah. Um, That's just people in general. That, you know, I, I, it is. Uh, but, but then there, and then there's those other buyers that are just, like, thrilled to buy your home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We had this uh, a week and a half ago, sold a house in St. James. I don't know why, for whatever reason, they were so anxious to drop off the check. I was like, I just drop it off at my house. You know what I mean? And I actually <laughs> let him come in my house. No, did I you? I swear to God, I let him come in my house. I've never even been at your house. You know, That's crazy. and uh, I said, come on in. You know what I mean? And I talked to them because I could tell from my interactions with Zach that, um, you know, this house was really, really important to them. Yeah. And we put a lot of work. I think we had put really more behind that house than any house we've ever done. Yeah, it was beautiful. And um, the fact that they were so happy with it, I just kind of wanted to meet them. And that doesn't always happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but seeing their faces and seeing, you know, they were obviously very appreciative. And I turned down less money, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to take their deal for a few reasons. Um, but, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, I've told you this, I, it's not about every single cent. You yeah, know what course. I mean? And that's why, like, if we know the players involved in the transaction, I'll always take a little bit less money yeah. because, you know, I want I want smooth transactions. It doesn't always happen, but the more you can aim for it, the better your life will be. Yeah, and the more you can prepare for it, too. Like, we, we, we there's so much strategy that goes into all of this, like, that people don't necessarily realize. 
it's it's insane. And we prepare every single deal, every single offer. We vet everyone that we possibly can. We know the players. We we do as much research as we possibly can. It's not like you're just going out and accepting any any sort of offer. And it's the same thing. Like a lot of the appointments that we go on for the cash offer, uh, they're bringing in everybody. Yeah. And it's a testament to to you, to Connie, to myself, to Zach. When we get an accepted offer on a, a house that needs to be rehabbed for less money as opposed to other investors that maybe have been doing this for 10, 15 years, and you can start to kind of see the frustration mount on their end of things because they're getting beat out by us for less money constantly. And that goes to the rapport that we're building. It goes to the website, the reviews that we have. We've never had it. one person complain that we've bought from or that you've bought from on the cash offer side of things. There's not been one person that has been unhappy. No. That, that's amazing, truly. Yeah. yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, listen, in essence, they're sort of paying you to make their life easier by leaving money on the table. Yeah. So to me, I feel as though, you know, they're customers, they're clients, um, and we have to live up to that expectation because yeah. if we're not making your life any easier, then you might as well list it and get more money. Agreed. You know what I mean? And, and I tell people that all the time. So, you know, we'll bend over backwards to them for them. We'll try to make it work, be as yeah. flexible as we possibly can, and be as honest and tr- transparent as we can. We're not the fit for everybody. I'm the first to say. Did you, uh, did you think of the funniest real estate story that you have or, or real estate related story? God, there were so many. Um, <laughs> I wish I kept a journal of all mine, truly. Yeah, I mean, there was that house that you went into where you thought the guy was going to keel over right there in front of you. It was turning oh, yeah. green. And West Side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was turning green yeah. and living in a, like a mold infested house that he didn't want to live in. With a tarp on the roof. With yeah. a tarp on the roof. And like, you're like, just like, scared for his life. Um, I think, um, you know, one of the situations, uh, we bought a house over the summertime that was a complete disaster, a hoarder home. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing you know, like my contractor is like, you know, making friends with the seller because we were still giving her the opportunity to pull stuff out of the house yeah and next thing you know the seller the door he's driving around with the seller the daughter all sorts <laughs> of people inside the hall that used to live in the home he's taking them around places it yeah. was like so it, a lot of it's like television show related um mm-hmm. just because you say to yourself like this is made for tv stuff um, oh, absolutely every day every day there's stuff that like yeah and a lot of the stuff that we talk about that is so funny um you can't really even put it into words like mm. you have to videotape it you have to see it yeah. to really get an idea um I think my interactions, I think a lot of times with certain contractors will make a lot of people laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you get a call and be like, we have this, this, and this, and it's going to be $10,000 more. And it's like $10,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there, there's elements to it that are funny. Um, I think the dynamic, I don't think a lot of people see the dynamic between my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got to put up with me on a daily basis. And, you know, <laughs> that's, um, that's a full time job. That's a full time <laughs> job. Um, so she's really patient with all of her buyers. She's not so patient with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else gets like first class treatment. Yeah. Um, maybe I sound a little bit disgruntled. Maybe just a bit, um, <laughs> but I think in reality, like I think there's that there's that element. Um, yeah. Also, too, I mean, listen, I've negotiated deals, you know what I mean, while being in the pool at my house, you yep. know what I mean? Like, just, and you've been, But you've built that for yourself. Like, I that didn't just happen I, overnight. No, and I designed it that way, yeah. you know what I mean? I think people saw that. I think they would think it was, like, made up or comical, but that's really how it is, Not you know yet. what I mean? And I've tried to build the business to be as virtual as I possibly can. That comes with experience. I mean, the ability to look at a set of photos and yep. know what it's going to cost, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. I used to be floored 
by people that would just be able to walk into a home and be able to say, okay, throw out a number and walk out. And yeah. I used to go around like with a pen and paper, mm. okay, this closet needs this, this closet, needs, you know, whatever, this room needs this, this needs this, this right. corner over here needs this. And, you know, people kind of looked at me and laughed at me. And in reality, it probably wasn't necessary, but I built that over time. Um, because that comes with experience. Experience. Though, too. As you do it more and more and more, you could just look at something and say, okay, this house, this size, this condition is going to be X. And, you know, again, but I, I had to start somewhere. Yeah. So I had to go really deep, 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 deep um, for that first deal. And that allowed me to do a second deal and a third deal. And, and as I did more and more deals, you know, it starts to become less, more of an art than a science. Right. So as we wrap this up, what are your We're wrapping goals? this up. I'm having fun. I'm just getting my, I'm just getting going. <laughs> like, I'm finally getting warmed up here. Oh, you should have done keep, a, a practice run. You know, keep in mind, like, I didn't sleep all night because, you know, my kids, like, woke me up. So they had, like, yeah. their midnight run. So, like, I'm ready to do another hour, you know? <laughs> So what, uh, what, what are the goals for, for 2021? What, how many houses do you, wanna, do you want to flip this I, year? Well, listen, ultimately, um, I just want to keep, I want to stay in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, um, every year is a good year that I'm able to still do this. Um, we, you know, want to approach, you know, if I had to say 60 to 75 transactions, um, I've taken it like, okay, we're going to, you know, at first I just wanted to do one, then I wanted to do three, and then I'm like, all right, let, let's do eight, and all right, next year, let's double that and do 15. Next yeah. year, let's do 30. You know? So I've always kind of looked at that and said, like, all right, let's get you know steady growth year after year. I don't need to go from – I know and I know of investors who went from 10 to 80. Yeah. Um, I've never wanted to be that person. I like the steady growth. Um, doesn't mean that I won't push for even more. Yeah. Um, but for me, what's really, really important um, is keeping the culture – um, and keeping the business that serves me intact. A lot of people say, well, how do you, can you serve your business? You have to ask yourself the opposite question. How can your business serve you? And I've designed this business to serve me, my family, my goals, and serve others within that organization. Yeah. And that's really more or less what's important. It needs to continue to do that. That comes, of course, with increasing you know, your transaction amounts. So you know, to make a long story short, somewhere to 60 to 75 transactions. But you know what? We may do less. Mm -hmm. We did less than I wanted to do in 2020, but I look at 2020 as a great success still. Oh, absolutely. Because the value, the, the way the business was designed, the integrity of it wasn't compromised. Agreed. All right. Well, appreciate you having. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. We'll oh, do thanks, a little buddy. handshake. We're gonna do a handshake. We're gonna do a little handshake. Hand sanitizer, anybody? Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Don't you know everyone. where this guy's been. You know, so <laughs> you don't want to know. Thank you, everyone. I've been in your flips. I've been in your acquisition. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. While you're in the pool. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for tuning in. Episode three here with Jeremiah Dalton of Suffolk County House Buyers. Thank you to Coke Interactive for hosting the show. As always, I'm Dan O'Neill, the team leader of the O'Neill team at Signature Premier Properties. And tune in next week for episode four. And again, available exclusively at Coke Interactive. Thank you very much, everybody.